You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. we go to Romans chapter 2 verse 5 but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good they seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first. And also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. Can somebody say amen to that? Okay, we looked at the pursuit of the reward of glory and honor to those who did good when it was in their power to do so. No, there is nothing as terrible as when it's in your power to do good, but you refuse to do it. Okay? But eternal damnation to those who did evil when it was in their power to do good. By adding immortality as part of the reward, the Bible reveals that this glory and honor is not transient or temporary like the glory and honor of the world, but that those so honored by God Almighty, they will remain honored forever and ever. Can somebody say a good amen for that? Immortality. What exactly does it mean? According to the dictionary, immortality means unending existence. The fact that this idea of an unending existence is found in practically every culture reveals that man has always wondered in some way about life and death and whether death terminates the life in all its forms. Quite a few of the ancients believe that perhaps the notion of immortality may have had its origins in dreams that portray the dead as being alive, recognizable, and functional. Oh, yes. And then you and I may have had such experiences. You know, I remember I slept one day, and my mother, after she had died, my mother and I went somewhere. Before she died, she always said that we, both of us are going for battles. <laughs> then we went somewhere. 
My mother didn't drive in life, but she was driving that day. <laughs> and then she continued to drive. And when we got to one junction, you know, she wanted to turn. I said, Mama, this is where I'm getting down. <laughs> you know, so I got down and then she continued. So when they say immortality, sometimes comes, the notion of it comes from our dreams. It's because we kind of see the dead, you know, in our dreams. And they're not lying there. Uh, Quietly somewhere. No, no. Quite a few of them are very active. And that's why this idea exists virtually everywhere. Everywhere you turn. Okay? The ancients also accept the death of the body. But they believe that the soul continues to exist in some disembodied form, which you cannot call life. You know, because it's not in the way we know it. Now, what about the Old Testament church? What did they believe? They too had their notions of immortality. An unending existence where the soul is rescued from hell or from Hades rather. Because Hades is the place of the dead and it had two compartments. One side is hell, the other side is paradise. And before our Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again, the people in hell and the people in paradise, they could see uh, each other. Yes. That's how the story of the rich man and Lazarus came about. Because the Lazarus was in paradise with Abraham. The rich man was in hell. But they could uh, converse. And then the rich man was like, I think I need help with my brothers in the world. That's a good man though. Because he was in hell and he didn't want his family to join him there. You know, some people would be like, ah, if I'm here, I need company. Let them all come here. <laughs> but not this man. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 49 verse 13, this is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them. In the morning, see, they always talk about in the morning. They always, but in the morning, the change comes. Okay? And their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. Then verse 15 says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me can somebody say amen to that amen. again the psalmist said in psalm 73 24 you will guide me with your counsel and after death you will receive me in glory but let us look at it from the basic teachings of the old testament we begin from genesis 1 27 so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Both uh, created in God's image. By creating man in his own image, the immortal God, he put in us the potential for immortality. We see this more clearly 
in Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. Okay? This is the birth of man as a tripartite being made up of body, soul, and spirit. And we identify each part from their source. The body we know is from the earth. Okay? The minerals of the earth. That's why all the space exploration, two things they are looking for. They are looking for carbon. Go and ask those who did organic chemistry. Everything in this body is carbon. Carbon everywhere. So, if you go to another world and you can't find carbon there, you will know that man cannot exist there. What is the second thing they are looking for? Water. Water. As you are sitting down, 60% of you is water. So, if you can't find water, ah, man cannot survive there. Okay? So, that's why they say that matter is indestructible. It can only change from one form to another. Because everything God made is eternal. God is eternal. Everything he made is eternal. So, today, one uh, protein or one carbon atom is in your hand. You know? <laughs> you are waving it like this. Tomorrow, after you eat and put out the waste, it may become an orange. <laughs> Nobody wants to know that. So, a man dies, you bury him. You know, he decomposes, enters the ground. He may appear in purple. <laughs> he may appear in uh, Odala, you know. So, so he doesn't disappear. He just re-enters the pool and then rechannels into another thing. You know, he may appear in an animal. Yes. That's why they say matter is indestructible. It can only change from one form to the other. This is the awesomeness of God. Can somebody say amen to that? So, the body, that's why the body, the Bible says at death, the body returns to the earth, to recycle. Nobody dies and says, you see, this is my magnesium and calcium. You must keep it from you. No, it's recycled. Okay? Now, the spirit in man has its origins. The Bible tells us clearly that the spirit came from, yes, so the body came from the earth the spirit came from god what about the soul now what is the soul because that's where many people have the problem they mix up the soul and the spirit no the soul and the spirit are different now the soul what we call it the hybrid it came as a result of the impact of the spirit on matter and that's what gave rise to what you and I call human consciousness. Okay? And that's really where we live. And you know that the soul, the moment the spirit departs from the body, the body dies. But because the soul was born by the spirit, the soul is immortal. The soul is immortal. Okay? And that's why the Bible says that when a man dies... You know, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, said his body returns to the earth. His spirit returns to God who gave it. 
Now his soul now is deciding right here where to end up. Either in heaven or in hell. But it will still be immortal. Because the soul is immortal. It will still be immortal. But it's immortality is about where will you end up? It's not whether you will end up. No, where will you end up? Our Lord Jesus said, when they go to hell, their worms will not die. In other words, you cannot die. No, you just remain there in pain and suffering forever. It's unimaginable. And you see, that's why the old preachers of old, they never stopped preaching about hell. Do you know why? So that the people will know that the way they live their lives now will determine where they spend their what? Eternity. Everybody's going to be eternal. But it's where you spend it. And so that when you are doing things, like the Bible says, you realize that, hmm, if I continue in this way, I will end up where? In hell. Oh, yes. Everybody ends up somewhere. So those who say that, well, this life cannot continue. Everything ends here. Once you die, you die. It's finished. You only need to think a little. Just think a little. Okay, I'll give you a simple scenario. There's a mad woman. You know, we used to have that in Lagos a lot. Okay, a mad woman. And she's carrying a baby there. Somebody made her pregnant there. And now she has a baby. A baby is born there. In that dustbin where she's living. There's another man. Okay. You know, he's born by the king. You know? So, on the day of judgment, how, how will you judge the man born in the dustbin and the man born in the palace? No. There has to be a way to say, you have all this opportunity. What did you make? Yes. Somebody has to rationalize that. A fair God has to rationalize that. You know? Look at where this man was born. Look at what he made of his life. Come into my eternal rest. So look at this man where he was born. Look at, look, at, look at the mess he made of his life. Oh yeah, Depart to... That is it. You only need to think seriously. You know, to realize that, hmm, even if I don't find enough reason to believe in eternity, just this common thing about balancing opportunities and performance. You know, it's enough to make me realize that a just God has to do that in order to be fair to everybody. Yes, he has to do that to be fair to all. You know, you are born without shoes like uh, uh, Jonathan used to tell us. You know, you didn't have shoes going to school, but you became president. You, that means you've come a very long way. Yes. Yes. Someone was bought with shoes and drove by car to school. He ended up a drug addict. Ah, everybody has to answer to all for all of this. So, don't let anybody deceive you that everything ends here. It's just an illusion. Can somebody say amen to that? Immortality. Was there immortality in the Garden of Eden? There was. The potential for man's immortality existed in the Garden of Eden where it was represented 
by the tree of life. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. What did the tree of knowledge of good and evil represent in the garden of Eden? You and I need to know that. So that we will know that the same challenge that existed in the garden of Eden is still exists today. It is a clear distinction between self-will and God's will. That's what the problem was. Right and wrong. Who decides right and wrong? In the garden of Eden before the fall, it was God who decided right and wrong. If God said this is good, uh, then it's good. If God says this is bad, then it is bad. We don't have to argue about that. Okay? Man had the knowledge of good and evil in the garden of Eden. That knowledge went like this. Whatever God says is good, is good. Whatever God says is bad, is bad. Very simple. Okay? The fall of man came when man threw away this simple notion of good and evil. To try to use his own senses to decide good and evil. That's the problem. Everybody is having the same problem. You know, adultery is bad, says who? You know, a young man came to me after I had preached in a house fellowship. He said, there's a woman and her husband doesn't satisfy her. So she comes to me and I satisfy her. She's happy. You know, I'm happy. You know, my wife doesn't know. Her husband doesn't know. So, why do you want to spoil such a very nice uh, arrangement? Yes. You know, so every man is doing what seemed, uh, yes, in their own eyes. You know, but when you look into the word of God, you see what the Bible says. Covet not your neighbor's uh, wife. Yes, everything is so clear in the word of God. And so, whether the woman needs help or doesn't need help, that is none of your at all, at all. Because if you do so, then you are a candidate. You have chosen to be a candidate for where? Yes, so you are going non- non-stop. Yes. You know, some people are going non-stop to hell. A man went to the preacher and said, what can I do to go to hell? The preacher said, nothing. You are already... Oh, yes, you're already on the road. Continue. (laughs) Continue. You're already on the road. You see, it's only if you want to go to heaven that you can do something. But those who want to go to hell, don't worry. You're already fast track. Yes, you'll get there very quickly. Okay? But fortunately, that was before the man stumbled on the tree of life. Genesis 3.22 says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. To know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand. And take also of the tree of life. And eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden. To till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man. He placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden. And a flaming sword. Which turned every way. To guard the way to the tree of life. What is the lesson from this early beginning? It is that those who want to live forever with God. Listen to me. 
If you want to live forever with God, you must do as God says. It's as simple as that. Because when they stopped doing as God says, they were driven out. It's very simple. It's not complicated. So, if you want to do your own thing, live your own way, go where you like, sleep with whoever you like, you know, do business anyhow you like, continue. But don't then die and expect to be going to heaven. That's why the preacher told the story of a man that died. Okay, so he got to that table of separation. He went to the side of those going to heaven. Say, what is your name? Say, Okereke Okarafo. It's okay. They put it, Okereke Okarafo. First Pentecostal Abuja. Enter. The computer say, not found. Oga, make me check that thing well. Oh, yeah, do them again. And then the man type again. Okereke Okerafo. Abi? Okay. First Pentecostal, Abuja. Enter. Not found. Okay, the man then suggested the other table. Check there. So, he went there. Okereke Okerafo. First Pentecostal, Abuja. Enter. Number two on the list. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that the angel then asked him, why were you going to the other table? Eh? When you knew what you were. Eh? Uh-uh. What were you looking for in that table? Yeah. The way you were living, you should know where you are going. You know? The way when you are collecting bribes and doing all kinds of things and I mean sleeping with uh, you should know that your name will be number one there now. That is it. You know the tragedy of many people. After they have done what they like, the way they like and behave the way they like, they are still hoping that when they die, they will go to and you know some romantic preachers are telling them, once you have answered altar call, once you have answered altar call, don't worry. Once you get there, you will find uh, your name. <laughs> you know, if you read Revelation chapter 3 verse 6, he said, he that overcometh, I will not blot out their name from the book of life. Ah, what does that say? They may have written the name before. But when the man continued somehow, they went and they... Oh, yes, so they cancel names, so... Some people are saying they can never cancel it. Once they've written it, they can never cancel it. I said the people who are writing it say, I cancel, oh. I cancel. Don't let people who haven't been there deceive you. Names are canceled. That's why they made provision for repentance. So that when you repent, you will stop doing what is wrong. Yes. Yes, that's why they made provision for repentance. So, physical death came to terminate physical life and what that physical death means is that the spirit in the man has departed okay that's what ecclesiastes 12 says remember him before the silver cord is severed the golden bowl is broken before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well and the dust which is the body returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Okay? That means that the body of the man was originally meant for eternity. All he needed to do, because there was no restriction to the tree of life, all he needed to do 
was go out there and be eating every fruit after this. After this, this is the one I must not taste. Okay, I'm tasted, and he would have eaten the tree of life, and then he would have acquired what immortality. You see, but it is fortunate too that he didn't eat it before he ate the other one, because if he had eaten it and then gone to eat the other one, you and I would never have escaped hell because the man is already immortal. We will carry the sin and the, the rebellion against God into immortality. That is the wonders that, thank God, all those who are blaming Adam, thank God he didn't eat the tree of life before he ate the forbidden fruit. You know? Okay? Thank God now. Praise the Lord. Ah, it's not a small mercy. <laughs> the soul of man, which is eternal because it was born of the spirit, it returns to the place of the dead to await either the first resurrection or the second resurrection. You know, we don't have time to go into all of that. But the first resurrection is the one for the saints. And the saints, when they rise, will go to the judgment seat of who? Christ. Yes. The saints rise in the first resurrection they go to the judgment seat of christ and what is that judgment seat about evaluation of the work they did as christians because you see you might see somebody you never heard about him but on that day they gave him a big crown he said "Ah, uh-uh, i never saw this man they say he's even from abuja eh, i never heard about him but what you didn't know that he loved and served God according to the will of God for his life all the days of his life and that's all he needed to do you know you don't need to have known his name but everything that God wanted him to do he did whenever God wanted him to go he went whatever God wanted him to say he said you may not know his name but that day it will be one of the top people you know ruling with Christ because he's loyal he's obedient that's what god needs he's loyal and he's obedient so if you are living in your life today and are saying oh god is saying go right you go left stand up you sit down when you go to heaven don't expect them to come and welcome you like that oh because they'll find one corner ask you to sit down there you know that people like you um, we have a place for you you know, when we are finished with people who are important to us, then we'll come and uh, attend to your case. Yes, because you never learned obedience. You never learned loyalty. That's what immortality is about. The obedient and the loyal. So that you and I can pursue it very well. Everything God says to do, do. Husbands love your wife. Oh, no. You know, why can't you tell them not to talk too much? It will make it uh, easier. Then they will have to write, rewrite the Bible. Husband, love your wife if they don't talk too much. It's okay. Wives, submit to your own husband. Hmm. One lady said, the people who wrote that thing, I don't think they know my husband at all. Because you see, my husband, if you submit to him, he will match you like footmat. Oh yes, what he understands is fire for yes yes so see that thing is for people who are pastors wives and uh, uh, deaconesses who 
who have to show up, but our own. Ah, hey, hey, we cannot go home and keep quiet. Too. If you keep quiet, they will just pocket you. So now, they have to rewrite the Bible. Wives, if your husband is trying to match you like a footmat, don't submit to him. <laughs> there is no such Bible. So, those who, in spite of whatever is going on in their home, is saying, because of what God has said, I will do what God says. The day they give them one big crown, you say, ah, how can they give them crown? That all there, that just is behaving like a foolish uh, person, always doing yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. That is why they are giving them crown, because in the millennium, they need people who are doing uh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Lord Jesus will say, go here, yes, sir. Do go there, yes, yes. They, they are on. When they say go there, he say, eh, eh, um, um, how will you? It's not convenient now. Do you mind if I go next week when it's uh, more comfortable? They don't use people like that, you know, because you'll be wasting their time, you know. That's why we learn for et- we study and live for eternity now. Practice all the things that will be expected of us so that when you get to eternity, it is nothing new. You're already used to doing whatever God uh, says. Oh, yes, you're already, you're already in eternity, you know. So it's important for everybody to understand that. And that's why, because of that fall, Second Timothy 1.10 says to us that Christ was revealed and then he brought life and immortality to light through the word gospel for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes will not perish but have what everlasting life that is it that's the immortality jesus came to restore immortality not to the soul not to the spirit but to the what to the body, to the body. He came to restore immortality to the body. Okay? So, that John 3.16 opens the door to immortality. Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 So that we may become the righteousness of God through him. Okay? Isaiah 53 All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every man to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, so it's important to understand how all these are connected. It's because of what Jesus did that now the body can be mortal. Can somebody say amen to that? Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going in John 14 verse 5. And how can we know the way, the way to immortality, the way to eternity with God? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except what? Through me. Yes. So if you want to spend immortality with God, eternal life with God, if you want to be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever, then give your life to Christ and stay there. Stay there from now till you leave this world. And then you will spend eternity with God. Can somebody say amen to that? I want to show you Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And then the last statement, and the one 
to whom the son wills to what reveal him yes it's when you come to christ that the revelation knowledge of god is coming to you so that you will know how to live your life here and when you die they will receive you into eternal habitation you, there will be no question okay so immortality it is not a life we live after we are dead no but a life we live while we are still here as well yes there's immortality when we die but there's immortality now jesus our lord said in john 17 verse 1 he spoke these words lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life he should give eternal life okay to as many as you have given to him then verse 3 and this is that eternal life okay that they may know you the what the only true god and then to know jesus christ whom you have sent so while we are here okay the more we know god the more we live eternal life now the more we know jesus his love his patience his humility his kindness his self-sacrifice the more we know and practice that in our lives the more eternity has come into our lives right here so nobody must sitting down you do as you like go where you like and then waiting for when you die to enter some eternity no eternity begins here okay jesus gave eternal life that's why he said to his disciples i'm going to prepare a place for you so you remember our subject the pursuit of glory honor and what immortality pursuit is active okay it's not passive they don't give you you pursue it okay how do we seek for glory honor and immortality now so we can enter into eternal life while we are still right here on earth the apostle paul gave a very scathing scathing uh, remark about how people live their lives in philippians chapter 3 verse 17 he says brethren join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern for many walk of whom i have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are what the enemies of the cross of christ what is their end destruction who is their god their belly yes yes they're, they're in church but it's all about materials what they get how they get where they get you know i listened to a man a preacher on television he said you see you see if you really know how to trust god you can go from no jet like me to four jets i said uh-uh what is it is that is jet now the measure of spiritual life a young man said to me you're asking me what god is doing in my life i i want to tell you that um, he has just given me mercedes 500 i said ah, is that what god is doing in your life now you see they have turned the whole thing upside down you know and if you believe in that that's how you'll be shocked when you die that's how you'll be shocked 
You'll be hoping to go to heaven and you discover that your name is not there. The apostle said they go, their God is their belly. It's all about what they get, what they have, who, who they become in the world. Verse 20 says, For our citizenship is where? In heaven. Yes, we are citizens of heaven passing through the earth. What does that mean? The control of our life is where? It's in heaven. That's where they tell us what to do. You see? That's why we are confident that we'll spend eternity with God because our citizenship is in heaven. It's from heaven. They tell us what to do. Okay? You're a young man or a young woman. There is Mr. John. He's very rich. He lives in Asokuru. But he's not born again. There is uh, another brother who wants to marry you too. Brother John, he lives in uh, where? Where is the other place? <laughs> and then he's just managing one Sokinso. You know the one the Yorubas call Sokinso? Get, get down before you can enter. You know? VW, two doors. That is what he has. And then the Holy Spirit is saying, leave this one who is going to hell. Follow this one who is going to heaven. He says, ah, Lord, um, I will try to help him to go to heaven. Don't worry. That's what many people are doing. You know, let us finish doing what we want and then later we can uh, repent. The tragedy is that sometimes we never get to repent. You see, if this eternity, why is important this? If this eternity is for one year, even, okay, even 10 years, you say, okay, I can survive it. After 10 years, they will uh, let me out. But this eternity is forever. That's what is frightening about it. And that's why you should not take chances. Whatever God says to do, do. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, if you be risen with Christ, set your affections on what? Things above, not on things on the cars and doing this and doing the other. You know, you're you're quietly doing godliness with what? Contentment. It's great game. Yes. You're very happy. You don't have everything. But you're happy. You're rejoicing. God is blessing you. You know. And you're not worried who is getting what or going where. A lot of people, because of getting what or going where, they have found themselves completely messed up. That the faith they confessed before no longer exists. Okay. So, let us um, mind eternity while we are here. Because the kingdom of God is not a location. Jesus said the kingdom of God is not a location. You see? He said they will not say it is here in the Father's church. It is there in the redeemed church. Or it is there in the Anglican cathedral. Or there in the Catholic cathedral. No, it's not a location. He said the kingdom of God is where? Inside. If you don't have the kingdom inside... Ah, you will not make heaven with God. No, the kingdom has to be inside. Do you know why the kingdom must be inside? The kingdom has only one law. Do you know the law of the kingdom? Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6 verse 10, May your kingdom come. What is the next one? May your will be done on earth as it is what? Done in heaven. So if the kingdom exists in your heart, ah, 
then you'll be doing the will of God on earth as it is done in heaven. And then that's why you cannot doubt that you'll make heaven with God because you're doing what God wants and going where he sends. Okay, so it's important. Okay? Now, very quickly, that God has two core natures. The first one we see in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message which we heard from Jesus, that God is light. And in him is what? At all. You see, we call it compatibility. So if you want to come to God, you have to walk in the light. You see, the Bible says walk in the light as he is in the light. Ah, then we can have fellowship, one with another. And then the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from what? All sin. The second core nature of God is love. See, God is love. So, those who are pursuing eternity with God, they must strive after holiness and always walk in what? Yes, if you want to be like God, strive after holiness. You know, stand where God is standing on every matter. And then, walk in love. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, the whole commandments, you can be summed up in what? Two. So there are only two commandments. The first one, Deuteronomy 6.4. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart. The second one, Leviticus 19.18. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, on these two, hang what? All the law and the prophets. Now, what does that practically say to you and I? Okay? Because of our time, let me explain it to you. You see, when you love God, you know, God doesn't, uh, you know, some people say they, they love and respect you. So when they see you, they bow or they genuflex. That is their own. Uh, God doesn't need any of that. Bend your knee, skip it straight. Ah. What God needs is do as I what? Say. Yes, do as I say. That's all, all the love God needs from you and I. Okay? And if you do not do as God says, then whatever else you are doing is immaterial. It's immaterial. Of no consequence. So, if a man says, I love God, that man is saying, I do as God says. Yes, that's the only language of love God understands. Okay, what about loving your neighbor? Now, that's where many people don't get it. You see, they don't ask us to love our neighbor by ourselves. Do you know why? We cannot love our neighbor by ourselves. Okay, you have uh, two pair of shoes, very nice. And you saw one sister, you know. You, you thought, I think I should give her uh, one to her. And then, you come to church, you, you brought the tino. And then, uh, they are saying something. The sister said, my sister, just keep quiet, keep quiet, sit down. What will you do with that shoe? You take it back home. <laughs> oh, yes. You take it back home. Because, you see, you feel that, ah, uh, uh, look at the person I'm thinking, you know, I should really do something to. Look at what I'm saying. Hey, nah, hey, I cannot lose my shoe and lose my respect. <laughs> I carry my, <laughs> that is it. So, this horizontal love, loving your neighbor. You, you and I can't do it consistently because people are bound to do something you don't like. And when they do it, whatever good you want to do for them, you won't do again. So, what does God want us to do? He wants us to come to him, bring our love. He will take up 
everything that is imperfect in the love we give to people. And then, when we want to love people, God will now love them through us. Okay, look at that sister. She brought that shoe to give that sis- the other sister. But then the sister said something. So she was going to take the shoe home. She had already packed it, put it back in her car, and was going to drive off. And the Holy Spirit said, ah, no way you can take that shoe home. Oh yeah, go and find her and give to her. Then you go into the church, you find her, you give to her. Then you hear her saying, I abuse her very well. That's why he came to beg me. <laughs> when you hear that, you say, sister, where is that my shoe? <laughs> yes, you see, that's why we cannot love people by ourselves. Our love must be the same obedience. So when God says to give her whatever she says, whatever she doesn't say, it will not make a difference. No. That's how love can be consistent. You see, because when you try to love people by yourself, soon they will say something you don't like. Soon they will do something you don't like. And then you will stop loving them. I've seen all these relationships. You see some people, they're very close friends. Ten, five years later, you say, ah, where is that your friend? <laughs> That one is already history. Yes, so. Ah, what was the problem? Do I even remember? But anyway, it's a past tense. That is it. You know? But God doesn't have that. See? God doesn't have that. That's why when they say love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the controlling love. Because to love my neighbor, God will continue to love my neighbor through me. So, my neighbor will always get what they should get from me in love no matter what they do or do not do you see and that is the name agape self-sacrificing and unconditional love that's the love of god and that's what he gives to the world around us through us and that's why people are when we love them through god when god loves them through us ah they're so blessed because that love is guaranteed no matter what is happening they will always act in love can somebody say amen to that now just before i close i want to let you know that that love when you walk in love you are confident the bible says you are confident on the day of what judgment yes that is it those who walk in love are confident on the day of judgment why because the bible says there is no fear in love perfect love casts away every fear so a, a patient died in life support years ago and she said i'm afraid i'm afraid i'm afraid say no when you walk in love there's no fear you know because you are going there walking quietly humbly but confident that god will receive you because there is no fear in love when you walk in love there's no fear you are confident that when you get there the doors will open for you so it's important for you and i then to love people you know no matter who they are no matter where they are when you go to places that have barriers ethnic barriers you know class barriers racial barriers a woman said in a church in america I don't think all the races will be together in heaven. You know, yes. 
I'm sure God will have built some uh, compartments. These are for white people. These are for black people. These are for uh, uh, Hispanics. You know, they cannot just mix uh, everybody. And another person say, that's what tells me you won't go there. <laughs> because you see, when you get there, you start causing divisions. You see? You bring your divisions on earth. You want to bring it into heaven. They will not admit you. Because there, they don't have divisions. That's how people live in such a way that um, they are already sure where they are going. They cannot get to heaven with the sort of behavior they have. They can't. They won't admit you there. And so those who walk in love, they have the confidence that when life is over, God will receive them. Can somebody say amen to that? Finally, that's the all-important question. Okay? And if you haven't been asking that question, then start asking it today. And that question is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one man came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do that I may inherit what? Yes. Some people are living. They are not asking that question. That means that eternity will take them unawares. Yes. Everybody needs to be examining and re-examining their lives. What must I do? Because I want to end up immortal with God. Okay? Eternal life with God. That's what our own immortality is. Not eternal life in hell. Eternal life with God. And Jesus answered him and said, the commandments, yes, the commandments. And then he has summarized this into two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. That's why, you know, we must walk in love. Walk in holiness. Okay? And then when life is over, we will spend eternity with God. I want to challenge you as many as are serious. You know, some people are romantics. You know, they think they can live anyhow and then end up in heaven. No, it doesn't happen like that. Hear me now. It does not happen like that. You have to live the way God has said to spend eternity with God. So daily, you're examining your ways. Is this thing I'm doing compatible with the life of someone who wants to go to where? Yes. Is it compatible? This way I'm talking. This way I'm behaving. That's what it means to pursue eternity. By your head, let us pray. We call it continuous self-examination. The way I'm talking, the way I'm behaving, the way I'm doing my business, the way I'm making my money. Is it compatible with someone who wants to go to heaven and spend eternity with God? That young man, that was his concern. He wasn't sure that the way he was living was compatible with eternity with God. Is that your concern? And if that is your concern, then begin with giving your life to Jesus so that he will give you a body that will be seen and known in eternity. Say to him, Lord Jesus, 
please come into my life now and be my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I am determined to spend eternity with you. May your Holy Spirit guide me daily so that when my life on earth is over, you will receive me into your eternal habitation. Thank you for saving me. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, shall we all stand? I want every one of us to remember today and say to him, Lord, today I commit that I will live my life in such a way that at the point of departure, I will be confident that I will spend eternity with God. That's what the pursuit is about. You're not leaving it to chance. You're carefully doing what God wants, following the path that God has ordained for us. Make that commitment and remember it. Today, said on that day of the 20th anniversary, I made a commitment to make an about turn, to change things around and live a life worthy of eternity with God. Pray from the bottom of your heart. And if you have said that prayer, join me in singing this song. Keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true. Keep me true. Keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true. There's a race I must run. There's a victory to be won. Oh Lord, give me power every hour to be true. One more time. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banek Squarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you